Hello and welcome to the Higher Enlightenment Podcast, brought to you by Higher Yields Cannabis Consulting, your seed-to-sale business solutions team. My name is Adam, part of the creative team here at Higher Yields. I'm your host for today, and today's episode, number 30, is Hemp CBD and Getting Into Industrial Hemp. Today our guests are Corey Wagner, Anthony Adkins, and Taylor Evans. So let's get on with the show. Okay, first I'll start by having you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, let's start with you, Corey. Hey, everybody. This is Corey Wagner. I'm the CEO here at Higher Yields Consulting. Okay, well, thanks for being here. And Anthony, could you give us a little background on yourself? Sure. I'm Anthony Atkins. I'm the Director of Business Development here at Higher Yields. And uh, really excited, of course, about the industry and about uh, the future of the industry. Um, my uh, responsibility is to connect uh, higher yields to uh, the marketplace and the marketplace to higher yields. My responsibility is making sure that the journey along with, uh, with higher yields is a good one. The resources are, are connected and uh, the results are what, what the clients, customers, accounts and, and are anticipating. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, how about you, Taylor? Could you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Taylor. I am the client support advocate here at Higher Yields. Uh, my role focuses on connecting with potential clients and partners to ensure they're directed to the correct resources on our team. Okay, on to the first question. There seem to be many ways to grow a hemp business. What are the different pathways that you see hemp growers taking? Well, I'll definitely start with that one. I mean, what we're seeing, you know, a lot is that this is a uh, you know, the agricultural environment um, is, is probably a little more familiar with hemp than they are cannabis. I mean, hemp is um, you know, legal in, in all states and uh, internationally as well. So there, there's much more, uh, I would say, much more interest in, you know, growing the, the plant. And one of the things that uh, we find, I mean, it's, it's basically to produce a flower and or biomass in order to be sold uh, into a wholesale type of environment to buyers who are uh, extracting, to buyers who are creating product um, or moving them through a retail environment. So, I mean, primarily what we're seeing is just straight, you know, outdoor growth, outdoor grows, you know, from, you know, the agricultural environment. So what exactly is industrial hemp? Industrial hemp, yeah, go ahead, Corey. <laughs> yes, so uh, industrial hemp, you know, just kind of echo what, what Anthony was saying as, as far as like what um, kind of the big boom in hemp the last few years has been for CBD and CBD type of products. So we've seen a lot of the, the farmers kind of jumping into that. And I think initially it was because the returns were so high and the projections were pretty astronomical. You know, people would pay about the same amount of money they would for traditional crops such as like soybeans and corn. Um, but, you know, looking to make you know, 200, 300, $400,000 per acre, depending on, um, you know, how successful they were and how well that their genetics tested. Um, but the industrial side is actually something that, you know, we're seeing a lot more growth for um, and a lot more opportunity that really aligns with traditional agriculture. And similar to, um, you know, trees and wood and, you know, making paper and construction products and things like that, industrial hemp really fits, fits the mold there. And um, it seems like, you know, 
as, <clears throat> as more people are kind of getting burned almost in the CBD realm of hemp um, by growing it, not being able to sell it or growing it, not having the genetics they need, or they're not testing as well as they, they need them to, to, to be. Um, it ends up being almost a total crop failure because a lot of these farmers are not able to, um, to actually sell the products. So with the industrial side, though, there's, there's millions of products, you know, that, that can be brought to market. It's just a matter of having enough supply and having that infrastructure and having the manufacturers along the way, as well as reintroducing it into the supply chain um, as an alternative solution. That's, you know, green, it's a lot more green friendly than um, traditional ways of, of manufacturing products. What might someone want to consider getting into industrial hemp? Well, I mean, definitely um, what they would consider is the applications, the, the, the growth of this industry, the growth of industrial hemp is, uh, is going to be on a, is on a trajectory that is quite honestly, pretty, pretty amazing. Um, we're seeing applications from uh, insulation to replacing uh, wood in uh, framing environments with homes. Uh, there is a group out of uh, the Netherlands who has actually constructed almost an entire home uh, out of hemp. Uh, the R ratings on, on that are, are way beyond anything that is chemical um, based in terms of insulation. And um, that means the entire house is, is not an, an ignition or a, a kindling element, of course, for fire. And um, we're also seeing it in the uh, conductor electronics uh, environment as well. You know, from and then also clothing and uh, textiles and and everything else. I mean, so the the applications of industrial hemp are uh, quite uh, quite out, outstanding. What are the most popular or lucrative industrial hemp products? I don't even know if they figured that out yet, um, <laughs> because it is you know hemp isn't like it's not a new thing, but it it's it's been very frowned upon in the United States. And um, since it's been kind of brought back to life, you know, people are really starting to look at it more and understand what the applications are. Like, like Anthony mentioned, um, you know, I, I think there's aside from like manufacturing and commercial construction um, you know, we were reading articles a couple months ago about hemp being used in batteries um, and you know what that means to the environment, because you know, what we're kind of seeing with the electric cars is, yes, they are a lot more green friendly on the front side as far as emissions. But, you know, when those batteries run out, how are they, what are they doing with them? Because it takes a long time for those things to decompose and to get rid of them in an, in an earth friendly way. And hemp, you know, starting to open doors for how we can operate a lot more green friendly with those, those types of products. So, I, I, the applications right now, you know, again, it's, it's kind of hard to say where the best opportunities are, but it's, there's a million opportunities out there for, for applying this to, to different things and, and different resources that we already utilize. Are there any benefits to the industrial hemp route over the CBD route? Yeah, I think there's a ton of benefits. You know, the, one of the biggest ones that I see with the farmers growing CBD products is, you know, and we get this a lot when people come to us, you know, we always kind of ask them, what do you do great? What do you do good? And what are you not good at at all? Um, and that kind of helps us understand, you know, what their backgrounds are, where, where they feel like their position is in this industry. And 
for most of the farmers who come to us, they're great farmers. They have the land, they've been growing agricultural crops for years, decades, sometimes multi-generation families. But, you know, as far as marketing those products and selling those products, a lot of those products are already kind of pre-sold or they already have buyers lined up for them. With hemp CBD, it's a lot more difficult because you don't know what you're going to get until you get to the end. You know, you don't know what the test results are going to provide. You don't know what the final product's going to look like. Um, there's certainly things you can do to improve the potential of what you're going to get and, and try to align uh, a little bit better, you know, as you're purchasing those genetics and get a better understanding of what you can project you're going to get. But until you get there, you know, it's, you don't know. Um, whereas the industrial hemp side, to me, again, aligns more with traditional agriculture. You know, they don't need to go build a website and bring on a sales team and create brands. Um, they just need to buy a, find a buyer, you know, or a manufacturer who's willing to take the product and, and help them process it. So I, I think that's, uh, you know, in my opinion, that's one of the, the, the best assets or best opportunities of industrial hemp is I think it's going to be, as it continues to grow, it's going to be much easier to find those buyers for that product than it is for hemp CBD. What are some of the things someone should know before getting into industrial hemp? Um, I mean, really, from my perspective, I've seen you know, there's not a lot of movement in hemp because of, you're not really knowing what you're getting until it's harvest season. And it's a lot harder to connect a buyer with the specific needs or specific wants in their product, specific strains. So really don't know how to answer that question. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's so true because, and, and to echo what Taylor is saying, because, you know, we're running into, you know, individuals who are looking to get into the hemp industry and is looking to start growing hemp. And uh, they want to create their buyers before they even put seeds in the ground. And, um, you know, the, the buyers, of course, now it's because it's a market that's focused on you know, really them and what they want, and what they need, they can be very picky on what is, what is delivered or what they buy. So, you know, interestingly enough, you know, we've, we've definitely run into those, you know, potential farmers who are thinking about growing hemp, but they want us to go sell the, her broker, the, the deal, the hemp deal, um, based upon the fact that they are eventually going to grow something. And so, you know, one of the things I think you have to have a clear direction, you have to scale, uh, you have to start small, produce the product, you know, make sure it's quality and then it's in moving into an avenue, you know, that, uh, that, that exists either, you know, an existing relationship with a, with a manufacturer, a trimmer, a manufacturer, you know, and a producer of products. Um, and, uh, and that's even actually one of the things that we actually encourage for those even existing farmers to expand their, um, their operation, you know, do the manufacturing, create the products, wholesale the product element, even create a brand and then move it into a retail environment. They're just going to have to think differently in terms of how to approach the, how to approach the market because, you know, those, I mean, our CBD products being used absolutely are a different, you know, strains and variables are being used absolutely as Delta 8, Delta 9, and the Delta elements, uh, you know, a, a good factor and something that is you know, good for the consumer. Absolutely. So growers and farmers and, and agricultural environments going to have to think in more of a progressive, innovative way to move their, their raw material through, through the supply chain.
So, um, you know, that being said, I mean, it's, you know, we, we encourage them to <laughs> look more uh, in its entirety or, you know, having continuity through the entire supply chain for their, for their products. Yeah. And, you know, like, like you said, Anthony, I think um, just understanding, you know, where the market's at, that, that's a, that's a big piece of it. Um, Cause I think, you know, we'll, every year we see more and more saturation, more and more farmers getting involved, more and more saturation come harvest time, you know, come October, November, everybody, who, a majority of the people who grow hemp for CBD purposes are growing it outdoors. So harvest season comes and the market's just saturated with it. And it's a buyer's market, you know, so if you don't have those buyers lined up um, and you don't understand, you know, what products are out there, what your products should look like, or really what you're competing against, because just like kind of cannabis growers, I feel like with hemp, there's, you know, growers and farmers, there's a little bit of ego there of who grows the best and who grows the most and, and things like that. Um, but understanding, you know, what it's actually going to take to, to sell those on the backside is where I see the most failure. You know, the, the farmers can grow it, they can get it to harvest, they can, you know, grow good product, but it doesn't sell itself, you know, just like cannabis. Um, some markets, it's a lot easier to sell those types of products, but with this being federally legal um, and the barrier of entry being pretty small, you know, in comparison to cannabis or other industries, um, you just have so many people, you know, kind of taking a swing at it and seeing how they do. And those are all the people you're competing with, as well as other people who've been growing this for five or six years now. So um, I, I just think that, you know, understanding the resources and requirements that you need throughout this process to be successful um, and understanding what those relationships have to look like and when to start cultivating those relationships and really making sure you have enough irons in the fire because, you know, we've run across a lot of people who have contracts in place to purchase their product, but come harvest season, nobody wants to buy it because they estimated the market to be at $200 a pound when, you know, harvest came, it was $75 a pound. So unrealistic expectations, not understanding market trends, um, not having solidified contracts, or not understanding how to develop those contracts in a way that protects the farmer. Um, those are the things that I see the most often in, in the hemp side of things where, where people are failing or having a lot of issues and really getting burned, you know, by, by the industry as a whole. So how can higher yields be a resource for hemp growers? Well, higher yields, I mean, higher yields is a unique organization. We, uh, we, we understand and know about the hemp and the cannabis industry, and we know that there's elements of overlap. Um, the, the biggest thing for us is that we consult and provide professional services throughout the entire supply chain. I mean, that's going from startup elements uh, to assessments to feasibility. And uh, quite honestly, I think that, you know, one of the, the services that are most, li most likely skipped over um, when we talk about them or, you know, kind of put to the side is feasibility and assessment. Reach out to us because we can help help you understand the market, help you understand gain certainty, uh, understanding the financial modeling that would go through it from roadmaps to competitive analysis to market analysis. I mean, it's very, very strong in what we do and what we provide um, in what we refer to as our, our first vertical or our first pillar of services, which is startup feasibility assessment. Uh, making sure compliance elements are all in place and those sorts of things. Uh, in addition to the services that we provide, we also provide design and build. And that goes into uh, designing elements of cultivation, whether it be indoor, outdoor, grow house, greenhouse, aquaponic, hydroponic. 
um, supersonic, <laughs> um, you know, from that, uh, you know, from that standpoint. So we, we really understand uh, what needs to be done from the climate elements to the security elements to, you know, producing a higher yield, um, you know, from that standpoint. And then the third vertical that we help and, and uh, support um, our uh, clients, customers as is in marketing as a service. I mean, creating demand. I mean, uh, it's kind of, it's not one of those things where you grow it, they will come or they will, you grow it, they will buy it. And so you really have to be, um, you know, strategic with your marketing and creating demand. And then there's a specific process uh, that we use here at higher yields that really helps understand uh, connecting to uh, potential markets and following up and following through all the way to a referral element that would uh, result in repeat business. I mean, that could be brought, uh, product, branding, logo, website, and uh, all the good things that are associated with, with that demand generation. And then, of course, the, uh, the fourth area, the fourth vertical is of services we provide really resides in the growth services or business development. You know, understanding and knowing and connecting to our ecosystem, connecting internationally, uh, because the international game is actually gaining, uh, gaining speed and momentum uh, from that standpoint. So we consult and have continuity throughout, throughout the entire supply chain. So we really can, you know, look into and dissect those, you know, the opportunity or the journey or someone trying to figure out, you know, what their next move is in the industry. But all, all to say that feasibility assessment studies are big. I mean, that's how, you know, that's helping you understand the competitive nature as opposed to just calling us up and saying, hey, sell my stuff. You know, that doesn't, that, that doesn't give us anything really to go on other than you have stuff and uh, you want to sell it. And it was, we know that because it's a buyer's market, you know, that uh, most likely, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a long, hard road. So we encourage, uh, we encourage the reach out with the touch out. And um, you know, moving into and working with us, especially on that feasibility assessment side. Well, I think that's all the questions that we have for now. Uh, does anybody have any final thoughts or anything they'd like to add? I would just say, um, you know, I, we are definitely encouraging more and more clients uh, looking to get into the hemp industry to look into industrial hemp. The yields or the you know the return on investment doesn't look as good on the front side. But as far as risk goes, you know, in my opinion, I think most of the team's opinion, the risk is much lower of having that kind of total crop failure and not being able to sell, you know, all of your product. So, you know, my suggestion to people just looking to get into this is really, really take a look at the industrial side and see, you know, what the opportunities are there. And, you know, not just for one year um, to kind of smash and grab, like a lot of these guys look to do with the CBD side of things, but, you know, long-term you know, as a, as a true industrial and agricultural crop, um, there's just, a, there's a lot of opportunities there and the industry is going to continue to grow and the world is starting to kind of take notice of, of what's going on with industrial hemp. Okay. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Really appreciate it, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. It was really good. Yep. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Thanks Adam. Everybody. like to thank everybody for tuning in today and listening to our podcast for information on how to follow the higher enlightenment podcast please be sure to check out the description below you'll receive all the latest and greatest podcast news and announcements we'll also let you know when we release new episodes 
If you'd like to be a guest on the Higher Enlightenment Podcasts or have ideas about upcoming episodes, please be sure to check out the description below. For information about sponsorship or advertising on the Higher Enlightenment Podcast, please call us at 844-HIGH-YIELD. That's 844-H-I-Y-I-E-L-D. Or visit our website at higheryieldsconsulting.com. Thanks, have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon.